Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Farm Foods, still the hottest frozen supermarket chain in the UK. On these shows, I've been looking at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they impacted on me growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. This week, I'm looking at Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, the album review special. Over the last eight weeks, I've been looking at each individual song, and now this is like a, a recap and a summary, without saying the same things over and over again. Last week, I did an episode on Only the Good Die Young, and I had some feedback on the show. I had a message from Fergal, and he said he can relate to Trevor's comments about Australian soap operas and the plots, and how the baddies always get their comeuppance. So that's good. I've had some more concerned comments about Adrian's book and what the future holds for that. So, uh, okay. And then Alan Bell says that he'll miss mine and Trevor's bickering every Tuesday. So, uh, once again, I'd I remind people that the main point of the podcast is to discuss the songs of Iron Maiden. And once again, it seems from the comments there's a focus on other things. And maybe it's strayed away from its purpose and goals. And can you blame me if I'm thinking of taking a break? Here's a message from someone who's been quite topical though. Mr Anagram's back. And he says, look at this. And obviously you can't see it, but he's typed out Belshazzar's Feast. Which you may know about. There's that poster, isn't there, teasing you about what might be coming from Iron Maiden. Anyway, he says, from Belshazzar's Feast, he can rearrange the letters to get Blaze's fat arse. Now, I don't think this is appropriate. Um, and, but what he's saying is, maybe the band are sending a veiled insult to him. I'm not sure that's right, and I, I don't know what he's trying to say here. I don't think the band would do this. And once again, I don't need this sort of thing on the show. Um, so anyway, let's move on with the album Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. You're probably fed up with the album, because I've just done eight episodes on it. And then we've just had Tim Burgers selfishly doing a Twitter listening party, the same week as my album review show special. However... I suppose it is good timing, because I was pleased to see that the band tweeted about leaving a gap between the two sides. So clearly they'd heard my comments about needing space between the evil that men do and seventh son of a seventh son to give you that time between it, which you don't get if you listen on Spotify. I've said this several times, and I'm glad the band have taken my views on board at last. They also posted a gif of Columbo at the end, which was a nice nod to Dennis Stratton, who you might remember was watching Columbo when the 80s custard cream Jenga. Anyway, let's look at the album. Now you know it, so I'm, you know, you probably think, what, what's he going to tell us that we don't already know? We've already listened to his eight episodes. But what I'm going to do is talk about the things that I might have missed and maybe some other comments I've received from listeners. First of all, let's look at the first three tracks. Let's look at what they are. Track one is the opener, which isn't news, is it? But... Moonchild is a perfect opener. We've seen lots of good openers over the 80s, and Moonchild is just right to be an opener. So that's track one, the traditional opener. Then track two is a slower, more different song. And then track three is a catchy single. Now this blend of songs, opener, slower, different song, and catchy single, has been done before on Iron Maiden, the debut album, and Peace of Mind, and they've done the pattern, haven't they? Iron Maiden, then two albums, then Peace of Mind, then two albums, then this one. So that this sort of like a cycle, isn't there? To me, this is the most effective opening option. We've seen the one-two punch of singles on Power Slave, with the first two tracks being singles. 
And that was good. And that's a tactic used on a lot of modern pop albums where you put the singles first. But I like this pattern the best for Iron Maiden as it gets you in the mood, doesn't it? With Prowler or Where Eagles Dare or Moonchild. And then you get more settled with, with a slower one. You know, slightly more challenging maybe with Revelations, Remember Tomorrow and in this case, Infinite Dreams. And then it's time for some catcher, Running Free, Flight of Icarus and Can I Play With Madness? I think having three songs like this at the beginning shows variety. It's like a three-course meal. You don't want a garlic mushroom starter and then a mushroom risotto. You want a bit of difference, don't you, between the three courses? I don't think Iron Maiden openers can be compared to starters at restaurants because they're too strong. I don't think there's a starter strong enough, although I don't eat out very much. I think their opening songs are all like main courses. Skip straight to the main, please. Although, Can I Play With Madness isn't one of the better puddings. It's a bit like a tiramisu. It's popular, but I'm not as keen on it. I've enjoyed Bruce's vocals on this album. And on Moonchild, we've got a mix of growl and operatic, often in one line. The accursed ones, find them all. That's what he does, isn't it? Sort of sings nicely and then growls a bit. Although obviously he does a better job than me because Martin Birch would have made him do lots of retakes. You'll notice that that was my first take. I probably should play Bruce as an example. As you know, for the next albums, he adopted more of a gruff tone throughout. So uh, I like the variety again here on this album. I mentioned Can I Play With Madness being like a tiramisu, but obviously that's not a very good analogy. But what does happen is when it starts, I groan. I hear that opening vocal bit and, and I just go, mm. And you may remember that I did this on Die With Your Boots On and Quest For Fire, Wayne's groan review. So does this mean that these are my bottom three Iron Maiden songs of the 1980s? No, I don't think it does. I think I groan because it's a bit throwaway after the impressive start, the first two songs. And it's also sandwiched between Infinite Dreams and The Evil That Men Do, which are two excellent songs. So it sort of doesn't feel as interesting. And on a classic album, it feels a bit meh. And, and meh is a word that young people use, so I hope you enjoyed that. I'll probably go into more detail on some of these songs later, because you'll be pleased to know I'm doing a top three with Trevor, that traditional part of the end of series special. The title track is in the middle, and uh, it's an epic centre at the epicentre of the album. <laughs> and you might remember me saying that before. Uh, I think it was Killers. Um, but it's unusual that the epic song is in the middle, because we've had that at the end, haven't we, of the last few albums. Uh, that longest song's there. But here, uh, I'll say it again. It's like an epic centre at the epicentre. I think that makes sense. I, I still like it. Um, I think it's up there with the catchphrases from my podcast, like uh, it's more patisserie than cream tea. You might remember that one as well. I've got it written down. It's actually written on the wall. On this song, uh, I was going to mention in this episode about the chug chugger guitar, uh, but you might remember someone already did this in a message which ruined it. But I'm still going to say it anyway, just uh, just to sort of spite them and uh, just so, so I'm sticking to my notes really. I think it's good to do that. That's what it says in podcasting for dummies. Stick to your notes. Don't don't sort of mess about. Anyway, this chug chug of guitar. That's part of this long instrumental passage, which I said in the in the program was ethereal one minute and chaotic the next, and that's good. And I, and I had some feedback about that. 
Although they did say that you've, you've pronounced ethereal wrong. And uh, I was a bit annoyed because in a Twitter message, I can't see what they're, what they're saying. They say it's pronounced ethereal. So I can't see the pronunciation in a message. It's a bit like when I did Brian Blessed and, and I had the same issue then, didn't I? So maybe if you're going to correct my pronunciation, then send me an audio file like Denny Stratton does. Talking of Denny Stratton, we had some comments last week to say that we'd missed his theme tune before we started talking. This was dreadful. And of course, he's got back in touch moaning about it. It's time to put on your talcum powder and red leather trousers. It's time to go beyond the stratosphere. Fringe in your eyes, fray bentos pies in a world full of magic. So don't you stray when you reach the stratosphere. It's time to go beyond the stratosphere. It's time to go. Hello Wayne, Dennis Stratton here. I'm sorry to bother you, but last week I noticed that there was no theme tune, and I believe other people noticed this. I hope your standards aren't slipping, now you're swanning off for a break. I'd like to thank those people who noticed. Clearly you didn't. It's a bit disappointing. Anyway, I won't hold it against you. I got invited to a party last week. Tim's listening party. I think he was a singer. It was a Twitter party, but I still joined in. I wore a suit, and I found even more party poppers from that Millennium Party. I played the album, and it's a good album. One to tap your feet to. I did air guitar to six out of the eight songs, so that's a good sign. I don't know how I feel about the lifting of restrictions next week. People are getting close to you again, judging you if you wear a mask in farm foods. It's nice to be judged on your face rather than the contents of your shopping basket. I see I've put on a bit of weight over the last year. Might do some exercise classes now they're open. There's an over 50s Zumba class starting in the local community centre, but I don't think that's for me. I did a walking football session once, but I couldn't adapt to it. I was too aggressive with my sliding tackles. The referee gave me a yellow card while I was on the ground. I disagreed with this decision, but I couldn't run after him to complain as you're not allowed to do this and I couldn't walk quick enough. I suppose I should have been pleased as it's nice to get any sort of booking these days. <laughs> An interesting time for the band with Adrian leaving. You remember, I told you I was on holiday in Barmouth around that time. That pickled egg business. I wondered if I'd be invited back into the band. But then, Bruce was friends with Yannick, of course, more than me. When people have asked if I was upset that they didn't ask me back, I just said that I was busy anyway. I think I'd have done a good job on No Prayer of the Dying. Maybe we'll hear your views on this one day, Wayne. But uh, either way, I hope you have a good break and hope to speak to you soon. Take care, Dennis. After the title track, side two sort of is a bit mixed then. There's there's perhaps two songs that are seen as a bit lesser on the album, which is a bit unfair. After the Prophecy episode, 
I had an interesting message from Latacida666 and she said that there's a cover of Strange World which has got the prophecy tacked on at the end, that end section. You might remember that I said sounded like Skyrim Tavern music. It's a cover by a band called Mago de Oz and that's Spanish for Wizard of Oz so no doubt I've pronounced that wrong. But if you're going to moan about it, remember, send it in audio form so I can I can learn. Anyway, Mako de Oz. Um, anyway, yeah, they, they covered Strange World. And uh, they've got this style of music. It's a bit like Game of Thrones, where it's a bit medieval anyway. It's a bit folky, but also rock. And uh, in their cover of Strange World, they've got a flute and strings, but no pipe organ. But yeah, the end section is quite interesting. So if you haven't heard it, yeah, have a listen. It's good. I also had a message from Colin Gage on Facebook. And he says, it's a cheese that he enjoys. Now he's not talking about Monterey Jack or Rockfort. He's talking about the clairvoyant after I said that the guitar was a bit cheesy especially on the bit where it goes up at the end. But he says he's happy with that. He's a cheese he enjoys. So it uh, just shows that we've all got different opinions, doesn't it? And no one's right. It's a strong album, and it, I think it seems more accessible than some of the others. Um, so therefore, it got a few new fans and was very popular. But it also appeals to long-term fans. I think the songs seem quite short after the last two albums, even though the title track's over nine minutes. What sets it back for me, compared to some of the other classic albums from the 80s, is there's always a little bit in each song that I'm not sure about. I mentioned those pads being a bit overpowering in Infinite Dreams. And then Bruce's woes in the title track. Wasn't so keen on them. You know, tone it down a bit, will ya? And then there's that bit at the end of the clairvoyance where he says, I feel reborn again. There's always something that annoys me. and uh, I'm normally quite tolerant, but these things play on my mind a bit. And I know they're coming and, and, and they sort of affect it and, and ruin the enjoyment a little bit, knowing they're there. I think it was the last album review show where I'd said that Somewhere in Time and Power Slave were good because there wasn't a clear, weakest song on them. Whereas on some albums there is. There's, there's an obvious lesser track. And I think on here there isn't really an obvious one. But I'd say Can I Play With Madness is the weakest. Um, but of course, that's really popular. So that's good, isn't it? I've also mentioned how the album ends. Um, I, I perhaps said wrongly that it ends with the same as the beginning, but they are slightly different. Seven Bruce gives a little sins, laugh at the end. But yeah, that acoustic section, Seven Deadly Sins, so it's a nice way to round it off, that cyclical nature. Uh, and it makes you want to start again. You think, oh yeah, that's what happened at the beginning. Let's play it again. So uh, you can do that. But uh, make sure you look at the time. As far as the band go, this was the last album before Adrian Smith left the band. Now him and Bruce were looking at solo projects around this time, but it was thought that Adrian left because he was annoyed about the songs being played too fast live. And also he wasn't keen on the direction of the next album. Let's hear from him and see if he's got a chapter from his book. Hi, this is Adrian Smith. Uh, I know there's some concern whether my book will get finished by the time this podcast goes on a break. I was quite disappointed, actually. Um, I was going to mysteriously vanish for a few seasons myself, uh, which which links with what I did in Iron Maiden. But uh, you, it seems you beat me to it, uh, which is a bit disappointing. But then I beat you to it in the late 1980s. So I win. 
Someone wrote in to scoff at the fact that the chapters I've read so far only have 14,085 words in total. Um, he's clearly counted these while listening, which is quite nice. Uh, but he says that this equates to only 56 pages in a book, which is not even a novella. Well, well I'm a bit disappointed that you've judged me in this way, um, but you haven't accounted for the illustrations. And uh, the chapter three, of course, in each part, and, and those are very long, which is why I've missed them out. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I don't think you've proved anything. Anyway, I've got a, a chapter for you. Chapter 13, A Feast of Surprises. Yannick and Adrian were at the foot of the beanstalk, and they watched as it disappeared in front of their eyes. How did you know? said Yannick. And how did you get up there? I entered a strange world full of ice sculptures after sneaking into the shop, Adrian replied. Luckily, I recognised the beanstalk as a way out. It was like last time, when there was a wardrobe and a pool, and probably many more portals into another life. Yannick looked confused. He felt as if the crab paste sandwiches may have had a funny effect on him, and perhaps this was some sort of crazy dream. Anyway, continued Adrian, there's a party later at Nico's house. We haven't been together for ages, so there's a feast planned with games and surprises. Yannick did a jig at the news. However, he was a bit scared after his recent experiences, and Adrian's stories of other worlds and mysteries. I think I'll ask my mum if she can join us, he said, wanting a comforting hand to hold. No, said Adrian, your mum can't come. Remember what Bruce said? It was a fine feast. The table was filled with sausages on sticks, pies, cakes, sandwiches, and a party Susan filled with crisps and nuts. The boys played games and had a wonderful time. Suddenly, there was a knock at the window. It was the head, standing outside, looking in. Dave started to cry. What's he doing here? said Adrian, immediately pulling the window shut with his fishing rod. Nico was too scared to bang his drum. He'll kidnap us all, shouted Bruce, who started running around the room in a panic. The head knocked on the window again and pointed to a large box he was holding. Maybe we should let him speak, said Steve. The others looked at him in horror. Adrian opened the window again with a swish and a swoosh, and the boys stood as far away from the window as they could. Hello, boys, said the head. I heard there was a party. Yes. But you weren't invited, said Bruce, hiding behind Steve. I brought cake, said the head, opening the large box. It does look like a nice cake, said Adrian, inspecting the contents. How can we trust him, said Nico, banging his drum. And why is he wearing a tight-fitting vest that says Daddy's Little Trooper on it? It was a loving gift, said the head. I've now seen the world in a new way. I've chosen good rather than evil. But my mission is still the same. What mission? said Steve. To get us all together, said the head. I went about it the wrong way before, and got the wrong boys. It was a different version of me, and I didn't realise that Dennis and Paul were not needed to make everything complete. The boys looked confused. Why do you want us all together? asked Adrian. You don't realise that there's a world waiting for us, said the head and this feast is the perfect occasion to get us together. You are the correct six, and you need me as the seventh. 
Now I have a father, I am the seventh son. But my powers alone are not as great as you may think. It is only when we are all one that we can succeed and achieve greatness. Stop speaking in riddles, please, and give us the cake, said Nico. The album Sleeve is Derek Riggs, of course, and uh, it's got a nice tone to it because, again, it's not like the traditional Iron Maiden sleeves where you've got those darker colours. It's more like Power Slave where blue is the focal colour. Now, Bruce Dickinson claims that he showed Derek Riggs this painting, this icy world from Gustave Doré, which depicts frozen traitors from Dante's Inferno, which you might remember is a poem that Trevor mentioned quite a long time ago. And... Uh, this is actually why I'm mentioning this bit now, so that he doesn't go on about it. And again, the, the sleeve is quite surreal, like the singles we've seen. It's like an icy world above the earth, and you can see the British Isles on the back sleeve, sort of down there below. Again, also on the back of these ice sculptures of Eddie, um, whether they're sculptures or whether they are actually Eddie's frozen in time, I don't know. Yeah, but that was a request of the band, so Dead Riggs... Did that, and uh, yeah, it's a good sleeve. Um, again, quite a popular one, but interesting that it is some people's favourite because it is quite different. And now, Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. December, nineteen eighty-eight. So to look back on the year. It's been another good one. Ending it on tour in the UK was fun. We travelled north again, travelled south again, although Nico got confused. He lost his bag in Newport Pagnell. Uh, the Euros were disappointing though, the footy. I thought we'd do well. Couldn't even beat one of the home nations. West Ham are struggling too. I think the writing's on the wall for them this season. Might get relegated. Looking forward to a break next year. It's nice that we seem to keep getting bigger and better. Might have to try something different. Although Adrian's looking a bit sulky. Might have to give him one of my pep talks. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Steve Harris's diary. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring now, see what he's been up to. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm alright. Uh bit apprehensive about this show. Why's that then? Well, it might be the last one for a while. Well, yeah, well, that's it. But uh, yeah, good one to, to end on for a while anyway. Seventh Son album. Yeah. So what do you think about the theme? Yeah, I think it's good. Um, it's a bit loose, isn't it? Not all the songs relate to the theme, but it's a good concept. Do you know a Seventh Son? Wasn't there one with that man who went to St Ives? What, Tor Ross? No, he went to Plymouth. I mean, the rhyme about the man on his way to St Ives, who saw a man with seven wives. No, well, those wives didn't have seven sons. They had had cats. Oh, right. Okay, well, part of the album review show, uh, obviously, traditionally, you don't get a poem, so that's good. Um, But we do our top three, don't we? Yeah, that's right. I've got my list here. Good. So uh, if I do, we'll count down backwards, three to one. And uh, if I do my number three, maybe you could do your number three, and then we can compare them. Okay. And then if maybe then we'll do number two. Yeah. And then yeah, reveal our number ones. You can if you like. Why do you say it like that? Well, well, normally we don't, do we? Normally 
You do all of yours, and then I do all of mine. Do we? Yeah. Don't you remember? It was only a couple of months ago. We did somewhere in time. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, maybe that is better. Shall I, shall I do mine first, then? Yeah, well, that's what I expected to happen. Okay. Number three. Well, number three is the evil that men do. Um, the fact that this is third just shows how strong the album is, because this is flawless. I, I can't criticise it in any way. It's an anthem. Uh, it's the most played song off the album, of course, and that just shows its strength. And I'd say there's one anthem off each album, one one contender. I mean, of course, there's lots of brilliant songs, but I think on each album, you say that's the anthem from that album. And The Evil That Mended is the anthem from this one. We've had Wasted Years, we've had The Trooper, and we've had Run to the Hills, and uh, I mean, maybe Power Slave's got more than one, actually, but yeah, this is it for the album and the fact it's number three I'm already thinking this is silly what am I talking about number two it's a title track seventh son of a seventh son it's a lovely mood and uh, I like that bit that instrumental bit in the middle it's amazing possibly one of the best things they did in the 80s and uh, yeah I enjoyed it live I think it's great and I don't know what else to say really but yeah that's my number two number one Infinite Dreams is my number one um it's a, quite a shock because maybe if I looked at the track list without hearing it for years I might have thought yeah it's good but there's better songs but no this is it this is the number one I love the fact that there's lots going on in the verses even though it doesn't sound as big because it's a bit gentler you can hear all these little and they're called nuances and there's just like the bass and the, the guitar obviously there's those things but yeah there's, there's a lot there a lot of little cheeky bits um, and then when I hear it, there's always a bit that I forgot about. Because I think, oh yeah, I know that bit. I know when it does that, the no, no, and then the quiet bit, and then. But no, it, it's yeah, good, very good song, very different. Okay, so that's that's my top three. So uh, interesting. So okay, you ready to do yours, Trevor? Yeah. Do you want me to do any sound effects? I've got a feeling we say this every time, don't we? Well, we say it the same amount of time as we go through the rigmarole. Of three to one, and I'll do my number three. You do your number three. It's not a rigmarole, is it? It's just what happens. Okay, well, yeah. As it's you know, last well, last we hear from you for a while. Yeah, put your sound effects in. Okay. Number three. 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 The clairvoyant. Okay. Well, are you going to say why? Come on. It's a good song, it's a good single, and it's good live, and that's perfect, isn't it? It's nice length, and everything fits together nicely, it's detailed enough, and also it's catchy, it's got lots of hooks in it. Okay. My number two. <laughs> the Evil That Men Do. I like the fact you can hear Steve Harris's fingers on the bass, like clicking a bit and the microphone must have been next to his fingers as well as the amp that's good isn't it martin birch has picked it all up that frantic energy and how he plays it and i think the song takes me over when i hear it and i don't become aware i'm sort of in another space and then i realize it's nearly finished and i've been in this trance so i feel like i haven't fully focused and enjoyed it like how it deserves to be enjoyed okay it's like when you eat an ice cream and you get deep in thought 
and you're eating it subconsciously and you're not savouring every mouthful and then you get annoyed when it's gone. Right. But at least you can play the song again. You can't get that ice cream back, can you? So you get more regret and despondency. Right, okay. So you're number one. Yeah, all right. I was going to do that. Number one. Moonchild. Yeah, it's again. Nothing wrong with it. Everything's perfect. And I get carried away with it. Like I'm on a magic carpet. And I like the line, A web of fear shall be your coat to clothe you in the night. I think that's a really good line. So Moonchild's my number one. Okay, that's good. That's quite interesting because we've chose five different songs out of the eight in our top threes. I think that's probably the most diverse we've been on an album. All right, yeah. I'm surprised you picked Clairvoyance over Seventh Son, though. Why? Well, I don't know. It just seems strange. No, I think... Well, obviously Seventh Son's up there, but I think that shows how strong the album is because your fourth choice on this album might be better than your second choice on another album. I think the chorus let it down. It could be more interesting. It's a bit repetitive. What about the solo, though? It's one of the best things of the 80s. Yeah, it is good. But if I had that song on a top trump card and add all the categories, then Chorus would let it down, it might get 6 out of 10. Okay. But then strangely, if I wanted to hear any of these songs played live as a treat, I'd choose this one. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? So is there anything else you want to mention on the album? I mean, we didn't mention The Prophecy, Only the Good Die Young, or Can I Play With Madness, so are they the weakest tracks then? Is that all we're saying? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, we didn't mention The Prophecy, but as you said on the episode... It's a song better than is, you know, people think. It's quite good to cut your toenails to. What? It's good to cut your toenails to. Well, how, how does that work? How long does it take to cut your nails? I mean, it's nearly five minutes. Well, you don't do it literally. I mean, that calm bit at the beginning gets you relaxed and in the mood. And you get that choppy section coming in as you start hacking away. Hacking away? What are you using? A saw? No, clippers. How do you cut your nails, Wayne? Well, I just cut them with scissors on bath night. No ritual. Well, you should have a ritual. Male grooming's important. Actually, the prophecy is also the right length for brushing your teeth. It's a bit longer than dentist recommendation, but you can use that end section as a wind-down where you rinse the brush out and put it away and get in a sleepy mood. And then if you're not tired, you can floss to the clairvoyant. What are you going on about? I suppose you moisturise to only the good die young, do you? No, but that makes sense, wouldn't it? Because if you die in your sleep, at least you'd look good and young, because you'd be fresh-faced with a special moisturiser. OK, well, that's fine. So it's a good album, then? Yeah, but you won't know where it fits in, will you, in the 80s, unless you do an 80s special? Well, I've told you I'm not doing that. We should do, because this will be the 74th episode. And if you do the 80s review show, that's 75. That's a nice round number, isn't it? It's not a round number. Round numbers have got a zero at the end. Well, all right, well, it's a nice number then. What's wrong with 74? Don't know. Well, maybe we'll do an 80s review special as a one-off, but it won't be next week. All right. It's quite sad. What is? The end. Well, it's, it's probably a break, isn't it? It's not, not the end. I remember when Going Live ended. Going live? Yeah, programme on Saturday morning for kids. It was quite sad. Sarah Green, the presenter, was crying. I started crying. 
Didn't this end in the 90s when you were a teenager? Yeah, didn't cry as a teenager. I cried a lot. Okay, well, let's not do any spoilers if we do a 90s series. Don't want to be talking about your issues. So have you achieved what you set out to do with your poetry on this podcast? Um, Because we've had quite a few negative reviews about it. Doesn't matter. As Shelley said, poetry lifts the veil from the hidden beauty of the world and makes familiar objects be as if they were not familiar. Uh, Okay. I feel I've done this with my poems. I've made people see things differently and given new meaning to familiar things. And you've done that with a podcast about your Iron Maiden analysis. Okay, uh, thank you. But complimenting me is not going to make me do a Tail Gunner episode next week. Yeah, well, I want to do things that challenge. The world's predictable and art should fight against this. There's no point regurgitating what everyone else is doing. People can see ideas through fresh eyes and fresh words. I'm not sure a Viking going hiking like an Invaders or a Phantom getting a parking fine are things a 21st century audience can relate to. Good. You're challenging their perceptions. If they can relate to it, they already know it. It's already been written. These are fresh ideas. People should be grateful. OK, all right, well, moving on. So last week you, you said that Things wants to go be Pamela, so uh, I, do, do you want to talk about that? Well, I don't know if it's the place, really, podcast, but I suppose these things happen, don't they? Maybe some listeners can help. Well, it's not that bad, is it? No, no. Well, she just says she doesn't feel the same. Um, she says she wants an open relationship. What's that mean? I think she wants me to be more open and honest. Sometimes I don't tell her everything I do when I'm in the shed. Okay, well, maybe we should leave that sort of information out of the podcast. Oh, no. It, it's just embarrassing stuff, like painting Sabutio players and things like that, but I feel like I should keep some things a secret, because um, she doesn't have to know everything. I mean, I can tell you about it, and maybe the listeners, but I don't think she'd understand this. Yeah, I think I've heard this term, open relationship, but uh, I suppose it makes sense, doesn't it, really, being open and telling people things. Maybe I should get up to date with this sort of stuff. Maybe in the break uh, between shows. Maybe I'll, I'll find a girlfriend. <laughs> What's that noise? Uh, uh, sorry, Wayne. Oh, I was just sneezing, coughing a bit. Was it a sneeze or a cough? Uh, both. Yeah, maybe it's time to adjust my tactics. I suppose it's obvious people want this open and honest relationship. So maybe I should start by saying to these women, I want an open relationship rather than leading with asking the time. It might show that I'm a modern man. Yeah, maybe tell her you cried when going live finished. That was you? Yeah, but you can say it was you. I'm not starting a relationship by lying. Oh, it'll show you you've got feelings. I'll back you up, Wayne. I'll always back you up. You're not meeting her. I don't know who she is anyway. Well, I can always give you some tips. No, thank you. Anyway, thank you for your feedback and your contribution, Trevor, across the uh, last year and a bit. So, uh, yeah, I'll uh, leave it there and then, uh, yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Maybe we'll meet up soon with, you know, the, the pandemic. You do know we could have met up quite a lot outdoors. The, the pandemic doesn't mean we have to talk on the phone. OK, yeah, speak, speak soon. OK, thanks, Wayne. Bye. OK, so while Trevor's reviews have been mixed... I'd like to thank all of those who have reviewed the podcast on Apple. I know each country's got a different page and I've been able to see all of those different pages and it's good to see positive reviews in several countries around the world. 
So thanks for that. And also thanks for all the support, whether it's liking a social media post, joining in, buying a Fred Bentos pie on Ko-Fi, a t-shirt, and the podcast's kept going this far because of you. So yeah, with the threat of an end or, or a break, it's been nice to have supportive messages saying the hope it carries on into the 90s. So thanks for the encouragement. And I think this might be a compliment, but when I look at some of the songs of the 90s, I wonder if these people want to punish me. Anyway, most series is, is that a plural of series? Serieses? Most series have breaks between them. Uh, you know, telly, podcasts. And you've waited six years for Iron Maiden to release something new. So enjoy that. And if you get bored, just, just go back and listen to them again. Go back to Prowler. Maybe I'll do that myself. Got nothing better to do. Twiddling my thumbs next Tuesday. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye.